0: People of the world, before we begin this episode of We Got This with Mark and Hal, I would be remiss if I did not tell you that Saturday, September 11th at 12.30 p.m. Pacific Time, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and 8.30 p.m. London Time, we are going to be doing a live streaming show for the London Podcast Festival with our special guest, Paget Brewster. This show will not go out over our traditional podcast feed, so your chance to see it is by getting tickets and joining us live. You can go to bit.ly WGTLONDON, the WGT and the L are all uppercase, the rest is lowercase. Again, bit.ly WGTLONDON, the WGTL is all big, and the O-N-D-O-N is little, We hope to see you there, get your tickets, it's going to be a really, really fun time. And again, the only way you can see it, as of now, is by coming to the show. And now, we want you to enjoy this show. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle, once and for all, best D character class that's right don't worry
1: everyone we got this podcast should have a theme song podcast should not have a theme song yes they should no they shouldn't they sound good yeah but people are just going to skip past it Hmm. you know what you're right we got this oh hal i'm excited about this one
0: so am i you know so much you know you're so deeply entrenched in the RPG world. I am. <laughs> it feels weird it's taken us this long to talk about Dungeons & Dragons, which you know so much about. In fact... Here's the thing.
1: Yes. I, I... Hal is being facetious. Never. I've actually been trying to, with some friends who had never played Dungeons & Dragons before, I got into the concept and the idea and I love the idea of playing Dungeons and Dragons and I got to go play a game a friend of mine invited me in a sort of a guest like one stop along this quest that they'd been doing for months so I just came in for one game and thoroughly enjoyed it and had a blast and something I know very little about but as an adult person who all the other people that I know long that played D&D long ago started So it's hard to just like jump into. So Fred and I actually had been talking recently with another friend of ours trying to convince him to start a game for newbies that would just be like our freshman outing for all of us. So this is a world that I don't know much about at all, but I am fascinated by and I love and the couple of times that I've played RPGs I've really really had a great time doing it i want to know more about it is there anything that we can do hal is there any i don't know say a person we could invite on the show who might know something about dungeons and dragons and the rpg world
0: absolutely i have a good friend of ours yes we know oh you have a good friend of ours way to get possessed i have a good friend of ours i do okay no 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 Who who will tell you he is my friend and not yours and wait what yeah that's right He is part of the Nerd Poker podcast, so he professionally plays Dungeons and Dragons in addition to being a brilliantly talented actor and just an all-around nice guy. And that's Mr. Chris Tallman. Chris Chris. Tallman? Oh, I push Mark aside. Hello, (laughs) Hal, my friend. (laughs) Yes, embrace me.
1: We did a play together. And now I embrace you both. Oh, thanks, buddy. Hey, guys. Hey, thank you for joining us for this. This is going to be fun. Thank you for having.
0: I love to talk D&D with two people who have equal knowledge about it. Oh, yeah. And Mark Mm -hmm. and I know the same amount. We do. When did you get started playing D&D? When did it start for you? and For me? Yeah. I mean, when I was a, a kid, I think the first
1: version of D&D came out like in the early mid 70s. I did not have the first version I had, but I did have done basic Dungeons and Dragons before it became advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. So this is like 79, 80. So this is me and other 10 year olds and a couple older kids who sort of dominated because they were the only ones who read the book. Uh, but I've been playing and then I stopped because mm. then I got into theater, guys, and that's where the cool guys are, right? And <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like D&D, but with people watching and sometimes songs. Mm-hmm. That's right. And <laughs> but the uh, same
0: amount of mortal danger.
1: Essentially. <laughs> and then I came back to it as an adult, probably like. Five or six years ago, um, mm-hmm. because of Nerd Poker, I was a fan of that podcast yeah. and would see those guys like Brian Posehn and those people at, at shows or things. And at some point or another, I got to do a bonus episode and somebody kept being gone regularly. So finally, they're like, do you just want to keep playing? And I was like, yes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> buy dice? Buy books? Are you kidding me? The most fun <laughs> in the world.
0: It's so funny. I I cuz I similar to you, I played as a as a child. I played some original edition, but mostly second second edition Advanced Dungeons and Dragons was kind okay. of my bread and butter from middle school all the way through college. Then I departed from it for a while, and listening to Nerd Poker was what got me back into playing. I just okay. I was like, I really want to find a game, and then I started to find groups of people who were putting games together, and and I haven't looked back in the last, I would say I don't know, 10 years, something oh, like that. Wow something like close to that. And it's just, it's amazing how complex it's become. And yet at its heart, it's still what makes the game, what made the game great at the beginning still makes it a great game to play now. Mm -hmm. And
1: it's not dissimilar from improv. It's like, you know, you don't know when someone's really going to hit something that the audience responds to. And it's Mm -hmm. the similar thing with dice. Every once in a while, somebody makes an incredible role -hmm. And everyone at the table like jumps up and down for joy because you're like, holy cow, I can't believe that happened.
0: Yes. And then on the converse side, I've seen a friend take a 20-sided die and throw it into his neighbor's yard (laughs) because he was convinced it was cursed. Yes. And his his husband, who runs the game, would be laughing so hard at his misfortune when he rolls. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's just it's such a great shared experience. But what we're talking about today is the essential part of dungeons and dragons for those who have never played is the creation of a character and there are two mm-hmm. main dimensions to a character one is their race be that human elf uh half orc goblin wh- whatever that may be gnome gnome mm-hmm. tiefling warforged a dragonborn mm-hmm.
1: i'm a rabbit right now under are Joker. Oh. wait what I've late in the game kind of realized that, like, I can fuse Dungeons and Dragons with my love of, like, Disney anthropomorphic animals. So, like, I think my (laughs) last three characters have all been, well, I'm a rabbit, but I can walk and talk and I wear a little bow tie. (laughs) (laughs) So let me ask you this. Uh, Do you create your own character within the world of a story that has already been written in the Dungeons and Dragons world or are is there a list of characters that you are choosing from? Are you compiling like you pick your race, then you pick your class, then you pick your so you're cobbling together something out of a list that exists. I know we have a list of the 12 main Dungeons and Dragon classes uh that we're going to be looking at as the bulk of this episode, but mm-hmm. there's not like characters that already exist within this, right? Some modules come with pre-rolled characters. And I think if you're mm-hmm. new to the game, that might be an easier way to kind of like slide into it is you just sort of say to your dungeon master, I don't know anything, but I know I want to be sneaky or like, gotcha. uh, we started when quarantine started, we did a game with my family and my wife said, obviously she didn't know anything about it. And she just, she said, I want to be the strongest guy in the room. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, well, of course you're a half orc barbarian then. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. just plug, I think plug wish fulfillment in and then you can make anything happen. Cool. I yeah. love
0: that. Yeah, that's the best. And and then over time, you may be in a situation where there's a story that exists and you're figuring out a character that will fit into it, especially if you're joining an existing party. You go, all right, what what isn't here? Mm-hmm. How, do, how can I fill a role within that within that team to keep it balanced, but also put my own spin on it? Or you might just have a bunch of people who have characters they've wanted to play that they've created. And mm-hmm. then the game master or dungeon master will put together a story around that. That's that's the brilliance of the game is. It can be as set up for you or as open as you want it to be.
1: How much of a a game that you guys play is based on like the Dungeons and Dragons books and the is some like is someone reading the story as you know, the quest as written with the locations and all of these things? Or is somebody making it up? Like, do you play a lot of games where the imagination of it comes from a combination of uh, Dungeons and Dragons books? and uh your own imaginations or is it just are are there games that are just off the top of your head are there games that the dm has created where they've crafted the quest i'm again as a newbie how does this work generally uh hal do you want to take that you want you go ahead Uh, basically the answer to all of these things is yes there are there are completely pre-written ones that uh, exactly as you said like there are special bits of text that are highlighted or italicized the dungeon master knows okay when they walk on on the map they're walking into room six turn the page room six this cobweb filled corridor is lined with the skeleton that kind of thing But like improv, a lot of times you might have, as a dungeon master, you might have a completely scripted thing ready to go. But Mm -hmm. somebody goes, I think I'm just going to follow that guy down the alley. And you don't have anything prepared for the alley. So making it up on the fly is, for better or for worse, I think, and it's an essential part of it. And you just have to get good with it. You just go like, okay, we're not doing that thing I prepared, that thing I spent eight hours on. That's not happening right now. Instead, we're following that weird elf down into the alley.
0: <laughs> Those can be some of the best sessions because ultimately you're all telling a story collectively yeah. mm-hmm. and the, and the person who's running the game has that framework and they're, they're allowing you to play in it. So sometimes it's fun to do what they have planned out and have a bunch of encounters and fighting and puzzles to solve. Sometimes it's fun to just role play for three, four hours. Yeah. Everybody's the stories are sort of winding their way in and out of one another. And, and I've watched to Chris's point, a DM for the group I'm in now, create a completely new session on the fly because we're all just running around doing whatever, whatever we feel like doing rather than whatever has been planned out.
1: That's what I feel like happened. The, uh the, my one experience playing a proper D and D game was it was a bunch of comedy people. And two of them were in a bit of a riff fight. So what the, the whole thing eventually just became was it was like, you know, You're walking along the edge of a mountain as the snow is starting to fall. You've got to get to the other side before the, hey, can I kick Steve off the mountain? It's like, (laughs) "Uh, yeah, but you have to roll like an 18 to do it. Roll a 19. I kicked Steve off the mountain. They're like, okay, well, now we have to go get Steve. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. which is a fun I like I kind of love it was just a bunch of like smart aleck comedians playing hey can we have a quick breakdance fight and you're like fine have a quick breakdance <laughs> yeah. okay. everybody roll a d20 yeah Ooh. the character that they had crafted for me was uh I was a bard that they'd picked up on the side of the road and one of the other players decided that their game for the day was this bard is super famous and they're just a mega fan. So they kept having to roll to see if they could get me to autograph things for them, which I thought was (laughs) a brilliant bit. Like, Hey, what do I have to roll to uh, get him to autograph this? Like, I just, I just love, I just love your song so much. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's a great game. It's a fun game. Should we dive into these different classes? We have 12 main classes that we would like to talk about. And if I may, I will list off the 12, and then we can decide where to start or a way to navigate this. Those classic from the Player's Handbook basic rules, the 12 classes being Barbarian, Bard, Cleric, Druid, Fighter, Monk, Paladin, Ranger, and Ranger Rogue. Sorcerer, Warlock, and Wizard. Yeah, where do you want to start? What sounds good?
0: I love that they had you play a Bard, Mark, because that feels like mm-hmm. such a good fit for you. Yeah. If I was going to create a character for you, it'd either be a Bard or a Rogue, which are kind of, can sort of work together with one another. So I think mm-hmm. it's fun to sort of jump around. Rather, you could go with each one, but Bard is a relatively new class. Relative. Yeah, I don't think it was in the originals. No, it was not in the oh, original. No? It wasn't in Advanced, but it. What? Did, which of
1: these twelve? How many did it start with? Was it just a handful of them? I think when it started, it was even more basic than this. When it started, it was like wizard, thief, fighter, dwarf, and elf. Two sort of the fantasy races Mm -hmm. were considered classes. Yeah. But then I think people were sort of like, well, what if I want to be an elf and a wizard? Or a dwarf and a fighter? So, but yeah, at the the beginning was basically, do you want to cast spells? Do you want to stab somebody? Do you want to seal gold? Mm Mm-hmm kind Yeah,
0: it's kind of interesting how people will create, you get an idea of what people fantasize about, I guess, based on the characters they create. Like, I don't enjoy playing big, strong guys. I like people who use magic, because mm-hmm. that's so fantastic to me. And to be able to use magic in some way or manipulate the world around you magically, I, those are the things that I'm drawn to for different character classes. And they're fun. The, the whole magical world is so fun to play in, because there are hierarchies and... Are you someone who follows an order? Or are you walking your own path? Do you draw your powers from books or from nature? And how do you use your magic so a bard uses their magic to inspire and and basically buff and and reinforce the members of their group so they can't they can fight, but they're more support characters is that is that fair to say, Chris? I would say, yeah, I mean, with their magic, like, Mm -hmm. I think the idea with the bard basically
1: is you have some kind of performance quality. Most people, Mm -hmm. it's singing a song, but, you know, it's like uh, uh, bards as a a class always make me nervous Mm because I'm like, boy, I do not want to have to improvise a bunch of songs uh, (laughs) uh, during the game. That's just just that's just your professional improviser brain as well going. This is going to be a tough show today. This is a lot. Uh, (laughs) So then, like, I feel like at some point I heard somebody say, like, well, a bard doesn't have to be musical. They could be a stand up. They could be, uh, you know, they could recite poetry. They could be. an." it's just the idea of they as the focus are Mm -hmm. able to wield performance magic. Yeah. Uh, but still, yeah, bards for me. Uh, do you guys want to talk through all the classes or are we talking about favorites? Are we trying to like cut them from a list?
0: What, how do you, let's, guys let's, want to- let's, yeah. well,
1: let's, let's break them into, uh, some sort of subcategories and then we will pick, uh, we'll pick winners from those individual subcategories and maybe those will battle Ooh, each other at the end. Interesting. So if we're doing that, let's start, if this seems like a good way to delineate, let's start with the magic, the classes that can use magic. Cause I'm fascinated by this. Like, is the magic element of it? Does that not give a free pass? Like, do, do people with magic abilities have a free pass in this game? To make the game go faster and smoother in their mind, meaning like an obstacle appears. Can you just make up a magic that would get rid of that obstacle? Or are there certain rules in place where like, like, well, you've come to a brick wall. Okay, I use my uh disappearing brick wall magic. Right? Well, that's <sighs> okay, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> are there rules to the magic? It well, sounds no. like you're playing with a lot of five-year-olds who just invent yeah. a bunch of stuff. Yeah. they. I, yeah. I, I, this game that I was playing with, look, they were very funny comedians kicking each other off of cliffs, but it was a bunch of five-year-old comedians.
0: Well, it's weird to use that example because every single spell in Dungeons & Dragons is about erasing or building a brick wall. Mm-hmm. Weird. That's all you can do. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of wizards wind up being contractors because <laughs> you can build a house. <laughs> And a a roof is really just two walls that meet at the top like a little triangle.
1: So And most yeah, wizards walking through a dungeon, like they'll walk down a hallway and all of a sudden they'll slap their hand against a like a stone like pork cullis or something like, Yeah, no, this can go. We're gonna open this all up. (laughs) Um open concept. It's demo day. Yep. suddenly this dungeon has a kitchen island if you pull up the stone
0: you might find there is actually like a beautiful parquet floor in this yeah. dungeon. <laughs> yeah we're just going to refinish this we can save it it's going to take a lot off your budget too because we're going to have to do a custom install
1: yeah a mm-hmm. uh, flipper is that one of the 12 classes is uh <laughs> is dungeon flipper
0: <laughs> oh it is now yeah yeah <laughs> the property brothers are very powerful <laughs> wizards uh Mark, in answer to your question, the way magic – because
1: magic can be so loosey-goosey, they try and actually Mm -hmm. have spells all with very specific rules. Okay. So, and each different magic class would have spells that they can use. Some do, yes. And Mm -hmm. even within a class like, for example, clerics, the way clerics work is you pick spells from the cleric list of spells. Mm -hmm. But you can pick new spells – every time you take a long rest, basically every time you go to bed at night and you wake up in the morning, part of the notion is you learn new spells for the day and you Mm -hmm. can swap those out however you want. Oh, okay. Somebody like a wizard only has spells written in their spell book. Yeah. So you might only as a wizard have access to five spells all the time, but, but those, yeah, but those five spells all the time, whereas a cleric can have five in a rotation and have three or have, eight or ten in a rotation, and these three I'm going to have today, and then mm-hmm. I'll swap the... Okay.
0: Yeah, there's also a notion of spell slots. So, you mm-hmm. may, as a wizard, you may know a ton of spells, but you can only use magic, let's say, eight times a day before you have to rest. And gotcha. you can use one spell eight times. Well, that everybody knows that about magic, that you can only yes. do
1: eight spells a day before you have and to rest. And
0: then It may be that you can... The easier spells, you can do more of those, but as they go up in level and they're more difficult, maybe you can only do one. So mm-hmm. you have to shoot. They can't a lot of time in pop culture. You'll see a wizard like Merlin who can do whatever they want pretty much all the time to change the world around them in this game. They have to find a way to make it even or else everybody would be a magic user and just turning into animals and fighting one another. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. or throwing fireball yes. uh, before I peek in the room. I burn everything any monsters inside <laughs> i killed them all yeah yes.
0: <laughs> but it rarely works that way generally yeah. that's cast when everybody's already in the room and nobody whoever's casting it doesn't realize what it does yeah. that They're is like, a okay. spell that you that is one of the spells you can do is just oh, before i, yeah, I look airball? in this room i just yeah. kill everything in it i've almost lost the character because somebody else in my party cast fireball and it hit me in the face It's <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> just got a gulped in flame
1: yeah see can't you just like Turn yourself into one of Gandalf's eagles with like, how many people are playing the game? Five people? Like five saddles on an eagle. Like, well, that's what I'm just, And then we're just going to go to the end of the
0: quest. A druid would be probably something you'd be looking for there because they tend to have the ability to transform themselves into animal because that's okay. nature-based magic. Yeah. So now, so this is, this is
1: good. I, these are the ones I've written down so far that of these 12, uh, use magic. Mm-hmm. And that would be a cleric, a bard, a wizard, a monk, a druid a warlock and a sorcerer is that all of them paladins have magic yes paladins are sort of like magic using fighters uh a monk does, do monks have magic I they don't like have, monks, magic. They, have they have a ton of specialized abilities yeah but i think the notion is that it comes more out of like focus and training sort of more martial arts mm-hmm.
0: than oh, but okay. i mean,
1: but especially as any of these classes, as you get higher level, at a certain point, you're like, well, that has to be magic because like, um, once they get to a certain level, they have like, it's not called feather fall, but basically you, they fall a hundred feet and they roll a bunch of dice and they go, Oh yeah, you only take seven points. Whereas any other character would be dead. Yeah
0: yeah monks are kind of like um like iron fists where i was gonna say they're like batman they They, like they don't have superpowers but they've trained they can use energy to do specific things and a lot and now that's that's a complexity that's been added for a lot of characters is they Mm -hmm. if you're a sorcerer you have these sorcery points that you can use to either get spell slots back to you can use it to get hit points back or to to get another shot at damage you can use it You have all these different options that, that make it different than a wizard or a warlock. So if you've got these,
1: you've got these seven then, cleric, bard, wizard, druid, warlock, sorcerer, and paladin that all use magic, would the difference then be how they get the magic? Like you were saying, Chris. So like a wizard has theirs in a book. A sorcerer gets theirs from a gift or a bloodline. Warlock wields their magic based on a bargain, which is. Yeah. That sounds exciting. And, uh, they've and made cool. a deal with some kind of demon or higher creature. Gotcha. Then looking at this, if we have to pick, uh, if we have to start narrowing things down, which of these are the most beneficial ways of wielding magic? Are some of them more powerful than others? Are some of them like, qu- or is quantity and quality a, a thing we have to consider here?
0: I mean, for me,
1: coming into this, I sort of have some favorites and I would yeah. say of all these mm-hmm. magic ones, I actually go towards the paladin mm-hmm. because in my basic D and D experience, I want to swing a sword. I want to have some physical stuff and I want to have magic. Almost all of these classes don't have that because they're magic. They really are more about like the wizards, like not on the front row, the sorcerers, not in the okay. front row. They are more in the back throwing spells. Um, a bard could be also a fighter and have magic. Yeah. Um, and obviously in like, a cleric, similarly, depending on their abilities could be in the front row. They could be like a plate armor dwarf who like mm-hmm. has a big war hammer, but also uses healing magic to save everybody. Whereas a paladin is sort of like, you know, again, infused by a magic dragon that loves you. Mm-hmm. Now, when I swing my giant sword, if I hit... I can use a thing called divine smite where basically you're like, remember in game of Thrones towards the end, there was that dude who had the sword that suddenly lit up on fire. Do you remember that? And like the Luke Skywalker.
0: Yes, basically. (laughs) Yes.
1: But his sword basically burst into flames. Practically Mm -hmm. to me, that's what a paladin is. A paladin is like, I'm going to kill you with my sword. And then as I'm hitting you, it ignites with the Holy radiance and just destroys everybody it's
0: cool yeah i would say like a paladin is a is a divine warrior and a cleric is a divine protector so they both can okay. be tanks cuz they have a lot of hit points so you want them in the front but for different reasons the cleric's going to protect everybody and the paladin is going to slash and and destroy people but can do some healing yeah i do, i like them both i really got into warlocks be- why tell me the reason why is number one, they have built in ranged offense, which I like. I like guys that kind of fire in. You always have eldritch blast. Mm-hmm. You can, you can turn your paladin. I can't remember what it's called, like a war or battle. Uh, you make it so they can use their magic up close as opposed to ranged. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea character wise of someone who out of the box has their powers because they made some sort of a pact. So mm-hmm. it could be – I've had warlocks who – I think – yeah, I definitely had a warlock who had murdered his teacher and was posing as him, so it was in disguise. Oh, and then wow. on the flip side, I have one who was stolen from his parents and raised in a cult as an assassin and then broke free and is trying to destroy all of them before they can get everybody else. So I, like, I always look for who are the characters that will – that are going to be interesting to play but also mm-hmm. create chaos in the group so like a bad guy pretending to be good like those kind those things but and combining that with magic is what makes that more attractive to me than a rogue
1: mm-hmm. let me ask it's you guys this magic. how omniscient are the other players in a game meaning if you are playing the role of a bad guy pretending to be a good guy do the other players in the game know that you are secretly a bad guy or do you, is that something that you keep hidden from them or is that something that look we are all creating this story together so we all need to know as many details as we can about all of these characters
0: it depends on the group I yeah. agree. sometimes it's just between you and the person running the game like I, I like games where everybody's exchanging notes. Mm -hmm. With the Dungeon Master, you have no idea what it is, and you know your character is not aware it's happening. So that's fun. As as an acting exercise, it forces you to... I have to stick with the reality of, you know, if I'm playing Hamlet, for example, I can only play him in the moment he's in. I don't know, as Hamlet, what's going to happen later on. Mm -hmm. Because if I do, then that's sort of taking you out of the honesty of that moment. It's the same with role-playing.
1: Yeah, like Mark, you said, it's um, it's that omniscience. Mm -hmm. I feel like... I've done like how sort of similar things where I've been like, oh, I have a sneaky secret. And sometimes because it really is a sneaky secret that I have with like the dungeon master, sometimes it never comes to play because mm-hmm. no one thinks that. And you're kind of like, oh, and then so now I play it more like I will maybe share more with the players at the table. hmm. But right. and then everybody gets to role play how they would, you know, like I, saw, so I might be like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe my guy's not always at the front row when he's supposed to be like, you might throw <laughs> out things to kind of, <laughs> you know, you're kind of, Oh, giving that's fun. Juice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And then it's up to everybody what they do with that information. Mm-hmm. Because like Hal said, it is such a group. We are all telling a story together. Yeah. If I have a whole chapter of the story, that's secret, it's not really being told. It's just, you know, like, if you're the only one that knows that this uh this character that you have is also the mayor of a small town in this world, but you never go by there, like it just doesn't ever come up, like, yeah. holy crap, you're a mayor. How did
0: I not know that? <laughs> it's also fun from like an improv standpoint, yeah, if the three of us were on stage improvising and somebody established a a personality trait, it's our mm. job to accentuate and press that button. to to have fun with it so absolutely i like to know what other people have going on that my character is not aware of because i'm Mm -hmm. i'm playing one right now who is not super smart so if i know somebody is constantly stealing things then i want to create opportunities for them to get away with it or to have fun with that and like you know i'm not gonna go hey stop stealing that i'm definitely aware it's happening
1: yeah yeah just to add on that what hal is saying i also like to Create obstacles. Like I was playing in a game where one of the characters was a thief. And every time we were in the middle of a fight, there would be a round where combat wise, he wouldn't participate. And we'd be like, what happened? (laughs) And inevitably, after the fight, he'd be walking away because he had left. He would Mm -hmm. secretly be messaging the dungeon master saying, I'm leaving the room. I'm going back to that place and searching for and would find treasure. And the first time that happened, from that point on, it was a really fun game of every time we were about to fight a goblin, I'd be like, I make sure I grab him and put him in the front. <laughs> My hand is never knocked on his back. Because it's fun. It's pretty great. Yeah. I love that. Let's uh, pivot a little and talk about the non-magic classes. Uh, those on this list being, uh, and forgive me, I'm uh, if I get any of this wrong, uh, barbarian, fighter, monk, ranger, and rogue. Do you have any favorites among those that pop to the front for you? I have a couple. How about you?
0: Yeah, yeah me too. I, what are yours? I like ranger, mm-hmm. and I like
1: rogue. Um, not that the other ones aren't as fun. But Ranger's great because Ranger's like, uh, Strider, you know, Bigel Mortensen from the Lord of the mm-hmm. Rings. He's yeah. sort of like a fighter, but one with nature, you know, can pluck an arrow off of a tree and just shoot it fresh. Um, those guys are really good. I love rogues with their sneak attack bonus like that's a thing mark where rogues have a can roll extra damage dice if they attack while hidden basically so the enemy doesn't see it coming Uh uh-huh and you hit you get to not only roll like if i shoot him with an arrow i get to roll dice for the arrow damage but then i get to roll extra sneak attack damage because they they, they didn't even see it coming yeah and as a rogue that can be super fun because those dice can add up very quickly. So, like in D anD D, when you do combat, you roll a d twenty, and mm-hmm. if you roll a natural twenty, your damage can be doubled. And sometimes there are special charts you can roll it higher. But all of a sudden, instead of rolling three dice, you're rolling six dice worth of damage. Oh, wow! That's
0: very exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and rogues are—it's a really flexible class because you can. You can be a thief. You could be a, a more common or, or even a higher ranking thief. And that could be pickpocket. That could be somebody who does heists, but it could also be if you were trying to create, uh, like a Sherlock Holmes character, they would oh. be a rogue too. They would be like an, I think Inquisitor mm-hmm. is the. Inquisitive. Yeah, yeah. Inquisitive rogue. So they're, they have all those abilities. If you think about Sherlock Holmes, he's, those hand to hand combat he can also pick locks he's a master of disguise he's good at puzzles those are all things mm-hmm. that a that a rogue does so you don't have to be boxed into uh, just, just like you're a criminal that's all you are if you're a rogue there are a lot of different flavors right. within that to play with and i think that makes it a really really fun fun class they all do to be fair you can mm-hmm. do a lot of different versions fighter for me is a little too Feels a little bit too vanilla, even even with. I've never enjoyed playing a fighter, and and I feel like they've tried to make it more dynamic, but it just has never really. It's so hack and slash.
1: It gets into a, how you're describing the Inquisitive as like a subclass of Inquisitive. Mm-hmm. There are now subclasses of fighter, like one of them is called a Polar Master. Mm-hmm. So instead of a sword, you've got like a ten foot long, like a a pole armor or like a halberd or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now you have a 10 foot range. And as a bonus attack, after you stand with that, you can swing it around and bap him with the back of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's really fun. It is yeah. cool. That Let is me cool. ask you guys this, Uh Chris, you mentioned something about the rogue that you enjoy. Is this uh, extra sneak attack bonus mm-hmm. that you can get with the dice? And this seems, that seems like a, a technical benefit To this particular class of character. How do you weigh, as far as in choosing what the best class of character is, how do you weigh the storytelling capabilities of a type of character versus the technical benefits when it comes to dice rolls and range and things like that of a character?
0: Uh... For
1: me, it's about because there are so many different types of abilities. Mm -hmm. For me, a lot of it is which of the basic mechanics do I understand? So, for example, the rogue mechanics I get. I understand, okay, Mm -hmm. if I'm hidden, then I can have sneak attack damage. Whereas sometimes with a sorcerer and sorcery points, I find that to be above my uh, brain level. So mm-hmm. I don't pick sorcerers, but I am, for example, playing a wizard right now. That's a little easier for me to understand. So part of it, I think, is just what mechanics do you as a human being oh okay, make sense to you? Yeah. And then the other part is, like we we're talking in the beginning, like your character. Like, I don't necessarily think, okay, I really want to have a lot of sneak attack damage. But like mm-hmm. I had a character who was an inquisitive uh rogue and I was like, I want to be like the Great Mouse detective. So I was Mortimer Fuzzface, this little mouse guy <laughs> also in a bow tie. Um more like a Sherlock Holmesy type. Ooh, sure. Oh <laughs> A deer stalker cap, of course, of course, of course. Of course. Of course. Yes, 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 and and a bow and arrow, you know, like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but that that to me made a lot of sense. It's like, yeah, I want to be like a little sneaky mouse guy who, if he gets hit once, is dead. So yeah. he then, therefore, really does have to be like nimble mm-hmm. and attack from the shadows, that sort of stuff. Because that to me sounds like fun for somebody yeah. else. They might they might not like that. They might want to be a brick wall.
0: Yeah, I did. I approached it the same way. The character I'm playing right now, I started, I went to the, I actually talked to the whole party. I was like, I want to create, I've had this idea for a character who's an escape mental patient who claims to be Thor. And, but he has, he has the ability to summon lightning and all of these, and he's got a hammer that comes back to him. So you don't know if he's telling the truth or not. So what kind of class mm-hmm. would that need to be? And we sort of put our heads together like, oh, that's a storm sorcerer. So I had to learn to play the class based on what the character was. Oh, that's cool. The yeah, opposite that's fun. side of that might be uh, we're all playing. And I look at the group and say, well, there's no we don't really have any healing. So I'm going to find I'm going to be either a paladin or a cleric. I want to be somebody who has some healing properties because that's going to best serve the party. You get sort of you get in where you fit in. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you can choose. That's the great thing is you can choose any of these and they'll all serve one of those purposes. So it's there's no there's no catch all. It's, it's weird, every time you ask a question, there's like three to four answers and they're all correct.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it really does come down to if we're talking about you're trying to assemble a group, everybody should just have a conversation and just be really frank and be like, this is the kind of stuff I would like to do, because maybe it turns out you guys all want to be a bunch of brutes. In which case you should have an adventure where you're all a bunch of brutes and you just go into a murder room and just kill everything. Yep. Whereas maybe you want to be a more balanced party. And so there's some puzzles. There's Mm -hmm. some role play. It's kind of what you guys as a group want. Interesting. I, I imagine that you could get farther with a good representation of the different kinds of classes than. Just being like, hey, we have nine paladins. Let's all just go in. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How fun would that be? <laughs> yeah,
0: that's like a crusade. You're going on a crusade, basically. Yeah, that's
1: at that, at that point. point, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why don't we take a quick break? Uh, we'll take our quick ad break now. Uh, we will come back, and we're starting to narrow it down to some of these classes that you guys seem to uh lean toward. We'll take a quick break, and we'll come back. I have a little game that I want to play with you guys after the break. We Got This is brought to you by Soylent. If there are times when you feel like you just can't cook, if you're hungover, you want to sleep in, Soylent is there for you. I've tried all of these and I love them. There's four different things I've tried. There's the Soylent Complete Meal, ready-to-drink shake, 20 grams of protein, 39 nutrients, healthy fats, 400 calories. There's the Soylent Complete Energy Drink, b vitamins caffeine tyrosine alpha gpc 15 grams plant-based protein there's the protein shake for before or after you work out if that was a thing that i totally do all the time plant-based high protein nutrition shake 30 grams of complete plant-based protein and of course my favorite soylent squares little hundred calories my favorite is the peanut butter chip i keep them in the car Go to Soylent.com slash We Got This and use code We Got This to get 20% off your first order. You're going to love it, I promise. That's Soylent.com slash We Got This. Code We Got This for 20% off your first order. And thanks to Soylent for sponsoring the show. Are you feeling elevated levels of anxiety? Do you quake uncontrollably, even thinking about watching cable news? Do you have disturbing nightmares only to realize it's 2 in the afternoon and you're up? If you've experienced one or more of these symptoms, you may have FNO. News overload. Fortunately, there's treatment. Hi, I'm Dave Holmes, host of Troubled Waters. Troubled Waters helps fight FNO. That's because Troubled Waters stimulates your joy zone. On Troubled Waters, two comedians will battle one another for pop culture supremacy. So join me dave holmes for two 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 doses of troubled waters a month the cure for your news overload available on maximumfun.org or wherever you get your podcasts and we're back gentlemen how you mentioned something in prepping for this episode that i thought was interesting uh and in that these characters exist outside of these archetypes exist outside of the world of dungeons and dragons Mm -hmm. So I would like to now see if between the two of you, you can come up with a pop culture reference character for each of these types. I will give an example that Hal gave me in our conversation. We were talking about this where he described a paladin, a holy warrior bound to a sacred oath,
0: a pop culture version of that being Hal, Captain America. Yeah. is a form of paladin, where he's driven by a specific oath he's taken and everything, like more of a devotion oath than, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than specifically religious. That's what he's driven by. So no, they're using that as an
1: example, let's see if we can find some pop culture versions of all of these. For those who might be listening like me who don't know Dungeons & Dragons, but do understand the concept of an archetype, let's go barbarian, a fierce warrior of primitive background who can enter a battle rage. I mean, first one, to stay in the same zone is Captain America is Hulk. Yep. Battle rage. Yeah. Hulk smash. If you want to go another way, like, I don't know, maybe like animal from the Muppets. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, when he's behind his drum set, because mm-hmm. he draws from his rage that yeah. he goes into like, when he plays the drums, Generally, he's in a, like a fugue state.
1: Yeah. Maybe Cookie Monster. Maybe he's not so much in a rage, but he is in this sort of uh, sugar-fueled frenzy.
0: Yes. Yeah. Those are.
1: <laughs> I love that. All right. Let's go to Bard, an inspiring magician whose power echoes the music of creation. I mean, Peter Frampton. Yeah. That would <laughs> yeah. the number one. He does show us the way.
0: Yeah. Dolly Parton. She's sure. Her magic, she's yeah, her magic, yeah, her magic
1: power record, and she's inspiring. If the job of the bard is to inspire, yeah, great. All right, cleric, up with a people. priest. Oh, sorry. go ahead Ooh. <laughs> they're collectively one bard. That's one bard. Uh, <laughs> one bard. A cleric, a priestly champion who wields divine magic in service of a higher power. I sometimes Doctor strange. Ch- yeah, maybe because I feel like sometimes clerics, I get a little lost on the medieval version. And so I tried mm. to like think of it like, what's a modern day? And I feel like it's a doctor. It's yeah. someone who is invested in helping everybody, but they could still be a murderer. They could still, you know, be a brawler if they wanted to. It's just what kind of healer, you know, do you want to be? So, so yeah, the doctor. cleric is the healer of these traditionally their, their mm. magic is more not exclusively based on healing, but the clerics, one of their main sources of magic is I can heal the group. I can heal one person. Yeah. yeah.
0: Here's another, and I can't remember the character name, but Michael Clark Duncan's character in the Green Mile is cleric. John Coffey. Yes. Oh, okay. And that he, his, yeah. his ability is to absorb the pain of others to heal them, and he's willing to take that on. That is a protector. He's a protector.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: All right. Druid, That's
1: a, a priest of the oh, old God. faith wielding the powers of nature and adopting animal forms. Ooh. Uh well, I mean I guess maybe this is too close to the source, but like Rast, right? Like that guy from that wizard from uh I think he was in the Hobbit movies, the guy who had like the bird nest inside his hair. Oh yes uh that that uh the uh Doctor Who uh Doctor. Yeah uh, uh Radagast. Radagast yeah. that guy also okay. Manimal Manimal sure. Yes! Yeah, Simon Ma- sure. Simon
0: McCorkendale is a druid. Mm-hmm. Simon McCorkendale is a druid who transforms into different animals to mm-hmm. help him. Altered protect- Beast from Altered Sega. Beast? Yes, the characters from Altered Beast. Oh, Nastasha yeah.
1: Kinski from Cat People.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Nicholson and Wolf.
1: <laughs> I mean, all good answers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, fighter. Are there examples of fighters in pop culture? A master of martial combat? skilled with a variety of weapons and armor okay. john wick sure yeah
0: i mean sure. lance if you want to go classic mm-hmm. old yeah
1: if only they ever made a movie about a fighter who was good with weapons and martial arts
0: yeah oh black widow good point Ooh. yeah producer that's ken it. plume chiming yeah. in yeah she is a fighter and Hawkeye is maybe more of a ranger because he is a i always think of rangers as being bow and arrow experts mm-hmm. So. that's
1: that's true. Although there is a subclass of ranger that's two-handed fighting, mm-hmm. and so their specialty is basically mark like a long sword in each hand. They're often referred to as cheese graters because all they do is they just come at you with multiple swords. Oh, and that's a type of fighter. Correct? That's a type of ranger. A type of ranger. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, let's give us a, you've given an example of a ranger as Hawkeye. The, this is described, by the way, as a warrior who combats threats on the edges of civilization.
0: Oh, yeah. Snake eyes. There you go. Ken, Ken is really, uh. Ken likes silly. this game. Should, we, should we give us something? Cause he's got the two yeah. katana blades.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, if it's two, if it's two blades, that's, uh, that's, uh, which one had the two size? Which Ninja Turtle? Raphael. Raphael. Did Donatello have double bow staffs or one no, bow
0: staff? He just had one, but one bow staff was enough. That's right. And multiple glasses glued to each other as well. That's Donatello. Yeah, he had a ton. He was very steampunk before Mm -hmm. it was cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And after it was cool. All right. Let's go with gray area where it was not cool at all.
1: Let's go with a monk, uh, a master of martial arts, harnessing the power of the body in pursuit of physical and spiritual perfection. I mean, you've got Iron Fist. You have Mm Shang-Chi. Any Bruce Lee character? This does feel like that's, that feels like the martial arts monk would be more like a martial arts expert where it's coming from the inner source body. Yeah. And then they have key points. They, they're able to harness their key to do extra types of attacks. One of the best things a monk can do is a thing called a stunning strike, which basically Mm -hmm. means Mark as a monk, I punch you. And if I Mm -hmm. spend a key point, I can also have you stunned, which means then in your turn, you can't do anything because I just rang your Ah. bell so hard. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, once you're stunned, you're in big trouble. They all do seem to have these little technical cool things. Like the monk has the stun, the rogue has the sneak attack points, all these extra little. This is where I think that technical element of in searching for best class, if maybe that'll, maybe that'll be our deal or our um, tiebreaker. If we, we wind up with a class that's
0: together. I would also say, uh, just one more monk would be the bride from kill bill parts. Oh, for sure. Wiggle your big toe.
1: Wiggle your big toe. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Harnessing the power
0: of the body. Uh, what about a rogue? Uh, We've talked a lot about rogues. It's a pretty wide, everything from like the artful Dodger to Templeton, the rat, Templeton, the rat. Ooh, the Paul might- Lind version. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Han Solo is a rogue. Yeah. Oh, and
1: a scoundrel. And a yeah. scoundrel. And a nerf herder. He's the, uh, yeah. scruffy little nerf herder. looking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, what about a sorcerer? That is a, a spellcaster who draws on inherent magic from a gift or bloodline. A lot of times sorcerers are, they don't talk about this a lot from a draconic bloodline, mm-hmm. which has a lot of people going like, what exactly does that mean? Meaning like born from dragons? That means, yes, somewhere in your background, Grandma and a dragon fell in love. Well, I hope, bo- I hope I hope both is, of them it? fell in love. Yes,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Grandma and a dragon fell in love. <laughs> I'm my own draconian grandma. <laughs> you got a USA? Yeah. I think that uh Mary Poppins is a sorcerer. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Her, her magic is inherent in her.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. That's a great. She's one. got
0: a bag of tricks.
1: Uh, what is what about a warlock, a wielder of magic that is derived from a bargain? Yeah, that uh, that would be Johnny from The Devil Went Down to Georgia, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Ralph Macchio on Crossroads. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Macchio really in any of his parts, Karate Kid, <laughs> yeah. Daniel's son for sure.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the cousin and my cousin Vinny. Sure. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, the my in my cousin Vinny.
1: Ah. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> That's all we got. That's all we got for a oh, warlock. Um,
0: uh, Ro- Robert Johnson. I would say Sith or Warlocks. Sith or Warlocks. Okay. I would
1: say maybe, well, I guess you can go a couple ways, but like Sylvie from the Loki
0: on Disney oh, Plus. Yeah. She's a little bit of a warlock. She's more warlockish and maybe Loki as well. Loki. Yeah. But there's also a lot of rogue in them too. So for they're sure. like almost a, a warlock slash rogue.
1: Yeah. Oh, and Mark, there's a thing you can multi class too. So you okay, can. Cool. You can be like a level two cleric and a level five fighter if you want. You can mix it up however you want. Something yeah. tells me that our ultimate finale then of this, our ultimate decision on this is going to be some sort of cobbled together. Well, he's a 12 in this and a three in this. He's a level seven. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all right. uh, And our final one, a wizard. Scholarly magic user capable of manipulating the structures of reality. This is the one with the book, right? The wizard has a their book, book of spells and mm-hmm. nothing outside that book. Uh, you know mickey mouse sorcerer's apprentice like that's kind mm. of the, like that pointed hat i think mm. of that as being very sort of classic wizardy yeah um, merlin
0: merlin and so is merlin a wizard or a sorcerer he's a wizard he seems to be in the study of magic dr strange right. you could argue is a wizard because he has to learn magic but Also, he has an inherent ability, which would make him a sorcerer. I know they call him Sorcerer Supreme, Mm -hmm. but by the D&D definition, he kind of lives in both worlds where you're unclear. He's got something in him, but it all has to be learned. Yeah. It's not Mm -hmm. just he can inherently do it because it's in his bloodline. Yeah, I think with
1: a character like him, because he is so powerful, it might very well be that he's like a cleric slash sorcerer slash wizard like he might have because he seems to have all kinds of abilities cool then when i i finally start a game i'm just gonna be merlin can i do that can i just pick merlin (laughs) yep (laughs) and then i'm gonna take captain america with me and dolly parton and animal what a fun group right i love love merlin dolly parton animal and captain america go on a quest I mean, you're, you're always sending an animal in first just to clear out the rabble. <laughs> and then, you know, and they're like, who, who do you yeah. have backing up? And all of a sudden the Dolly Parton and Captain America kind of like pop over his shoulder. I'd be like, yeah, these guys are great. This is amazing. But also I want it to be that version of animal from the end of the Muppet movie where he becomes giant animal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. Oh. Who wouldn't? God. All right. So as we are wrapping up, I'm going to point out just the three. Uh, that seemed to get the most interest and tell me if there are, or actually before I do that, you both said you have a couple of that are your favorites that you think should be going into the finals. The ones that I wrote down are Paladin, Ranger and Rogue. Uh, which of these are the, or which of, uh, not of those three, but of these 12, would you consider strong contenders in the end? I wrote those down because those are ones you mentioned. And also sure. uh, Paladin seemed to be one that excited everybody as we were talking about it. I definitely was coming in thinking I would champion a paladin because of that double magic mm-hmm. and sword fighting. I feel like if I'm playing D and D for the first time or with a group of people and I, and I kind of want to have a new character, I feel like that'll at least be fun. Mm-hmm. And and then maybe as you play more, you might be like, I really just want to be a magician or I really just want to be a monk. You can kind of specialize, but that's where I would, I would start with a paladin as my number one.
0: You know, the way you just described it, I think, is so good. And I was going to bring up other classes, but I think you kind of hit on it because it does satisfy a lot of the basic, not urges, but like things that would be exciting to come and do this. I want to do some magic. I also want to go. I want to go cut up a, a dragon.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: That's, that's a character that can do both, who is always useful to a party as both a leader and, and as someone who can heal. Sure. Sometimes of every party needs to have the dragon cut. And, <laughs> and as you get more complex into creating a character, the idea of of someone who everything is driven by an oath they've taken can turn you into a Steve Rogers where you're Captain America. Or you could take that same tack and say, whatever I need to do to serve this is going to be what I do, because there's nothing more important than whatever the mission is in front of me and be more of a John Walker where you're really violent Like, what is the dark Mm. side of that coin? What does it mean if you're someone who's broken your oath? There are a lot of really interesting story places to jump off from that. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be, they don't have to be some virtuous character who's always, you know, might is right. And I, because of my God, I, everything I do is correct. There's a lot to play with character wise and a lot of shades to explore. Yeah. Yeah. There are
1: good sacred oaths. And there are bad sacred oaths, so it's, yeah. it does seem pretty wide open. Yeah, there's the Oath of Vengeance, which is almost more like a Batman, which is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I will stop uh, evil, and if you get in my way, I will murder you. Right. <laughs> yeah. So does the Paladin have any of these uh, technical boosters that'll help you out, any special uh, rolling skills? In the way that the rogue has the sneak, the divine smite is a big one because yeah. you can use your Hal before was talking about spell slots um, mm-hmm. as a paladin, you can use your. You have spells, so you can just use certain magic, but you can also use those spell slots as that divine. And again, turn your weapon into a glowing, holy uh, weapon, mass destruction tool. Yeah, that's and probably it, the
0: cleverest it, way to say that, right? That's sure.
1: Okay. <laughs> as far as like
0: avoiding calling it a WMD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you are a literal faith healer. You can lay your hands on people and heal their wounds. Oh. Yeah. But it, but so actually- you got a little bit of cleric in you. Oh, you definitely do. As you become a more powerful paladin, you have
1: an aura of radiance, which basically means you and anyone within 10 feet of you can't be frightened. That kind of stuff where (laughs) you're just sort of like to be near me is to be uh, protected. Wow. Yeah, that's not so bad. Pretty great. Gentlemen, do we have a winner? I think we do. Sounds like we do. Hal, you want to bring us home on if we all are in agreement? Sure. Again, I am I am the newbie to this, so I am simply facilitating. Mm-hmm.
0: Mark, you, you agree?
1: Yeah, Mark seems like he's really pushing hard for uh, just like a a, a bunny person. Just- yeah, yeah. I just that's want I just a good. bunny and a bow tie. Guys, oh. I'm telling you, look at any classic Disney and be like, yeah, I'm gonna be like a hippo. I'm gonna be like a hippo <laughs> with like a club, hippo bard, dude, <laughs> oh. hippo bard, and that dance is what inspires the people. You said it doesn't have to be a song. Now you get it. Hippo Bard. Oh,
0: oh, you're knee deep. Oh man. To the elbows. Oh, I love it. People of the world. This is a hard one because Dungeons and Dragons, while it has grown in popularity and so many of us play it, it's an intensely personal game in terms of whatever you want to create. You're not wrong. But I love the idea of the Paladin as the winner of this episode because it's such a great entry point for people who are new to the game, but also gives you enough complexity, both in terms of what they can do and the, and the different ways they can serve a party and how complex you can get in the, in the character you create around them that you have people like Batman and Captain America and Constantine also is sort of a version of a paladin where he's got this fallen, th- this broken oath, and this, he's a, this tortured soul, but who keeps going on a certain path and has a mission to complete. And yeah. that is what makes it the best D&D character class. I was not expecting that to win at all. And yet it has. Look at that. Happy 2021, everybody. This Especially is why we bring an year. expert on the show. That's right. Asked and answered. Next. Next moving
1: on yeah chris moving Tolman, <laughs> thank you for coming on the show
0: thank you for having me what this a like to a see treat. you guys it's so
1: good to see you too it's such a pleasure yeah i've been playing a ton of D and D in quarantine so this is it feels like oh it wasn't all just for uh me being a dumb dumb this was important i was doing research yeah, for the show right. it was all leading up to this episode and now and i can thank stop you playing. for that now yeah. you can, <laughs> can stop no playing. don't stop playing Keep no, you're playing. Mark, let him be finished. Well, okay. I'm Don't going to smelt down
0: my dice into a purple <laughs> puddle in the backyard. You have convinced me. <laughs> Now you can write off your D and D Beyond subscription. <laughs> Ooh, they tax write off now. Oh, uh, why? Well, is there anything that that you want to
1: plug? Tell people where they can find Nerd Poker. Obviously, the Thundermans. If you don't know Chris Tallman from the Thundermans, watch the show. It's an absolute delight and a, a blast of a TV show. A lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, I would say yeah. if you want to check out uh, Nerd Poker, it's Nerd Poker Pod, I believe, on Twitter and mm-hmm. Instagram, and it's uh, Brian Posehn has been playing a D and D game with some friends for a long time Pat oswalt used to be part of the group and he comes back from time to time and it's uh super fun if you like D D, or if you're just curious about what would it be like in D. that's a pretty good representation although there's a lot more cussing there's a lot of cussing that's fair to the the people of the world who are uh, sensitive to that um we'll just we'll give you a play-by-play mm-hmm. just call us up we'll tell you what happened on nerd poker but there will also be cussing from me and hal yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, you guys are like merchant marines. You're just yeah. salty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we are the merchant marines of podcasting. That's, That's right.
1: right. Well, forget. until our next mission is in front of us, this topic is closed, but there are many more topics to discuss. So please reach out to us on Twitter at we got this
0: tweets or email us at we got this podcast at gmail.com or come to our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we got this podcast. Tell us about your favorite character classes. Tell us about your favorite character you've ever created or played or favorite character moments. Would love to hear about those. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kilman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike
1: Furman for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you the people of the world, for giving me an opportunity to learn a lot of cool stuff today and uh, for giving us the opportunity to go on this great quest that is the We Got This podcast with all of you out there, regardless of what class you are. I'm very happy that you are on our team. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Agliardi.
0: For Mark Agliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We got this. We got this. We got this. Maximumfun.org.